Welcome to Corestruction, a show about the missions, activities, and employees of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Today, I'm at John Redmond Reservoir at the project office here with Eugene Goff. Eugene is the OPM here, which is the uh, operations project manager, and um, he oversees eight reservoirs for the Tulsa District here in Kansas. Uh, welcome to Construction, Eugene. Y'all, hey, uh, howdy. Glad to have, <clears throat> have us on today. Thank you. Uh, Eugene, you started your career here in the Tulsa District, um, and then you you did some work outside of the Tulsa District, went to some other districts, and, and worked in D.C., correct? Yes, I uh, actually started my first summer with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers during college, was at Elk City Lake as a summer park technician. And then um, got hired on full-time in 80. I worked the summers of 79 or 78, 79, 80, and then got hired on full-time in 80. And uh, that's correct. I actually spent time here in Tulsa when I got hired on full-time. And then I've worked in the Walla Walla District, uh, the Portland District, up on the mighty Columbia River there at the Dalles and John Day Dams. Worked in the Portland District in Portland, Oregon. And then, like I said, Walla Walla. And then also was uh, a year back in headquarters, Washington, D.C. headquarters, yes. And why did you come back to Kansas? I came back to Kansas because of opportunity. And uh, actually, I was born and raised in Council Grove, Kansas, in Wellesley, Kansas, to be exact, and uh, grew up on the Neosho River and uh, have worked at several of these lakes during my earlier career and uh, wanted to come back and be a part of that uh, in the great state of Kansas and, and support the, all of our missions and uh, purposes here. So this is pretty much home to me. So you're a native of the Sunflower State. That's correct. I am. Uh, so did you spend time as a kid going to visiting Council Grove? Oh, absolutely. Lake? Absolutely. Can uh, you tell us about that that reservoir? Yeah, Council Grove Reservoir is uh, is a very nice lake. It's uh, uh, the water clarity is is pretty good there compared to some other lakes that might be a little murkier. That's uh, just due to the, the drainage uh, on that area. But yes, I spent a lot of time at the Council Grove Lake when I was growing up. And a lot of time on the Neosho River. In fact, our house, both houses that we lived in in Council Grove were right on the river up, up high. Uh, they're in the town of Council Grove. So a lot of time spent down in the in the in the riverbed there, if you will, and out at the lake fishing and and, and hunting and, and and actually camping as well as I was growing up there. Uh, tell us about John Redman, where we are right now, and 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 the the unique aspect of this day, of this yeah. this lake. Okay, yeah. John Redman is is a, is a reservoir. There's a total of about thirty one thousand acres, uh, counting land and water, and eighteen thousand or so of those acres is managed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service up on the upper end, and then the Kansas Department of Life and Parks has some wildlife areas that they manage. As far as the campgrounds here, we have three campgrounds that the Corps manages: dam site. Uh, campground as well as Riverside East and Riverside West. And, and this is a, a, a major uh, area for uh, flood risk management. Uh, as we are right now, the 10th of June, we're about 24 feet above uh, conservation pool or normal pool. And uh, that's helping to prevent uh, damages downstream. Uh, we are going to be able to release some water here uh, within the next couple of days uh, because the lake is up high, but everything looks to be stable at this time. Um, one the can't the there had one other thing that that has happened here at John Redmond is that there was dredging um, that occurred. The Kansas uh, Water Office in the state of Kansas did some dredging here. Uh, they dredged three million uh, uh, three million the uh, 
Is it acres? Eight, uh, no, it's three million yards. Oh, yeah. Yep, sorry. Three million yards of dredge material and siltation out of the reservoir to help gain some water supply uh, space. And uh, that was done. Uh, there took about, uh, oh, probably, let's see, three, four, about five months to do. They were dredging 24 hours a day, but that was underneath. Here at Redmond, it actually worked out pretty well, and that is, is completed now and, and been closed out. Um, some of the missions here at our, our lakes that we have uh, in purposes is flood risk management, water quality, water supply, recreation, fish and wildlife management. Those are at all the eight lakes that, that we manage. And John Redmond's pretty much known for several things, waterfowl hunting, uh, good fishing here, flatheads, blue cat, um, channel cat, and, and crappie at times. And, uh, and the recreation is good uh, here as well. De definitely some great options there. Well, uh that $29 million that that was cost to, that was to construct, was that all the reservoirs here in Kansas that, for the Corps or just John Redmond? That was just John Redmond. Okay. Uh, it was a cost. It took five years to complete the dam. They started in 59 and it was in operation in 64. And I, I'm glad you asked that because the $29 million cost at Redmond, uh, actually the cost benefit ratio was really good because downstream uh, prevention of flooding, whether it be uh, livestock or cropland, houses, um, property damage and, and life down there is right at 1480000000 at this time of, of savings. Wow. Uh, the, that's the economics of that. Yeah, and that's a significant cost saving when you, when you consider it. Um, you don't typically have the as large of the releases here up in Kansas as, as we do at some of our lakes in, in, in Oklahoma and Texas. But, um, well, I mean, our lakes in Texas, yeah, if you, unless you count Texoma there. But, um, but it's sort of the, the start of everything for the Red River. Um, well, I mean, for the Arkansas River Basin, right? And also, you know, you have the Vertigris and the uh, Grand Neosho or the Neosho yes. in Kansas. So, you know, all that comes from up here as well, right? So, yes, it's it's all heading to Oklahoma, <laughs> when, uh, at least on the Tulsa District reservoirs. I mean, John Redmond goes to Grand Lake and then to Fort Gibson and then the Ar Arkansas River. Right. And then the Verdigree goes into Uligal, uh, which is coming from our, our other lakes. So. Right. And, uh, I was at Marion the other day. We They uh, just got... Uh, reopened some of the recreation, some of the boat ramps and, and after a, a blue green algae um, or a harmful algal bloom. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Marion, about you know the unique aspect of, of yeah. Marion Reservoir? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, Marion is, is a, a well-known um, destination for a lot of Kansans. Uh, it's heavily used in the recreation arena and that's due to the, the boating options there as well as the uh, fishing options. And then just within about the last eight to 10 years, we've added uh, some additional campgrounds in the Cottonwood Point expansion area. So that was good news for the uh, visiting public. And then the wildlife department has acreage up on the upper end that they manage for wildlife management that, that's utilized there. So, and also at Marion, there is a, uh, there's spatial hunts there during the uh, September timeframe uh, for deer hunting. So we're, we're always happy to be able to support that. Uh, in that area. So yeah, good recreation. And it's also a flood risk management. Uh, they're on the cot, you know, that's providing, um, holding, you know, the whole water back before it's released down into the Cottonwood River. Right. Well, um, so um, south of us, I guess it's sort of south of us and is uh, Big Hill. 
right off yes. of 169. Yes. And um, can you tell us a little bit about Big Hill? I know there's equestrian trails. There's like 17 miles of it there, right? And there's some other great activities there. Yeah, Big Hill is a fairly what you'd call a newer lake. It was uh, got in operation in the early 80s as did El Dorado and a couple of the Oklahoma lakes, Copan and, and some of those. But Big Hill is, is known for its uh, uh, water clarity. Uh, there is good fishing there, bass fishing, a lot of bass fishing tournaments over the years. There's a swim beach that's that's second to none uh, in the state of Kansas. Uh, it's, it's definitely a great recreation uh, destination as well as the campgrounds were built up above the uh, you know out of the high water, so it's it's very it's usable year round. Even though when other lakes may be in a high water status, Big Hill continues to go on. There are, the Equestrian Trail is managed by the uh, uh, a great group of volunteers down there with the Equestrian for the Horse Trail, and also we have the Disc Golf down there. We've had some major tournaments with Disc Golf, so if you like playing Disc Golf, that should be a place you need to go check out uh, out there. Uh, can you tell us about Elk City? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Elk City is a, a very unique place. The geographic uh, changes that are occurring as you get down in southeast Kansas, kind of known as the uh, little Ozarks there because of the rock formations. There's a lot of rock formations, but the big thing down there is it's, it is good hunting, it's good fishing, and there's also camping that either the state park or the Corps, as well as one big thing are the hiking trails. Uh, there's several smaller hiking trails, and then there's the 15 mile uh, Elk River hiking trail, which draws people from all over uh, the area, I'm actually out of state people. And then there's a group that are known as the ultra runners, and they actually have some significant races. They're like 50K races. Mm -hmm. um, and I was told that when you get to the ultra runner state, that that's because that, that you're bored from running marathons. But it's out on a pretty tough trail that they're actually running and racing at least twice a year. Um, yeah, we've. I think we've had some people from the core, from the Tulsa district, um, who who are ultra marathoners, and, mm -hmm. and they've participated. I don't know if they participated at the one at the one there though. That'd be a, that'd probably be a good idea to get a team together for that. Yeah. Do you know? You know? You, we have any in, up here in Kansas? We don't have any in Kansas. <laughs> we're not we're not ultra runners in Kansas. <laughs> so tell us about Toronto Lake. Uh, how did how did a a, a, a lake with a, a Canadian name? about <laughs> so well actually the toronto town that's the town the name of the town is toronto and they're up on the upper end of the reservoir um toronto is on the verdigree river that's the start of the verdigree uh but the drainage is way up above there before it makes it into the reservoir on the verdigree and then it goes downstream and what goes downstream fall river Reservoir or Fall River itself is actually uh, dumping into the Verger and as well as the Elk River uh, at Elk City's dumping in there and it's making its way down to Ulagal. But Toronto is a, is a destination for a lot of people too. There's a, there are some private uh, property around there where there's cabins and, and there's it's pretty used for that. And the fishing at times is, is fairly good and, and some of the hunting is okay there. But the, our main purpose with the core at Toronto is, is going to be the uh, dam embankment uh, for flood risk management, keeping sure that it's it's up to speed and operating as designed, as well as operating the gates or the structure there where we have eight tainter gates, seven sluice gates, and then low flow valve. Uh, there, so that and and then the wildlife and parks has all the recreation there at Toronto at this time. And El Dorado is sort of in a a similar situation in terms of recreation, right? It's, yes, it is. 
the whole, all the camping and recreation above the dam and below the dam at, at El Dorado is managed by the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks uh, Park uh, section or recreation section. And then up above the, um, and that's a lease and a lease agreement to them from the Corps. And then also up above is the uh, wildlife management unit that the state manages as well. So the Corps' involvement directly at all, it is all U.S. Army Corps of Engineer property, but what we are responsible for is the dam embankment itself as well as the uh, gate structure there. And that particular gate structure is a little different than Toronto and Fall River, where it has two conduit gates, uh, also two emergency gates, low flow releases, and then also the city of El Dorado, which has a water supply contract. That's how they get their water into town there for the city of El Dorado. Okay. And, uh, and the last one is uh, Fall River. That, and mm -hmm. you've kind of mentioned it and, and brought it up. What's the uh, unique part about it? Yeah, Fall River, the uniqueness of Fall River is that it's it's a very pretty place. Uh, you, you got some transition of land, of uh, the hardwood um, trees, and then there is a native a native grass there too because it's, it's within the Flint Hills uh, parameter, um, kind of on the edge of it. And it's, it's well known for its fishing, crappie, a channel cat, flathead. And then we've got three campgrounds there, dam site east, dam site west, as well as Whitehall Bay. And then the state of Kansas has some campgrounds there too. So it's a heavily used area uh, for, for recreation as well as uh, hunting and fishing. Now, the southeastern part of this, the state or the, I, yeah, I guess I would say southeastern sort of part of Kansas is, it, you have all these different, uh, what do they call the bio, biomes or whatever? You have different ecodromes, mm -hmm. right? Like it, I know Oklahoma's got a lot of that as well, but in this part you have like what, cross timbers and you've got. Yeah, we, we, that, that's a good, that's a good catch. We have cross timbers there at Toronto where you're having some, um, literally what it is, cross timbers and uh, with hardwoods. And then we also up at Round Council Grove, Marion, just uh, a little bit at Eldorado. I mean, a little bit at, I uh, got Eldorado, Marion, and Council Grove, a little bit at John Redmond and Summit Fall River, where we have the, uh, the Flint Hills, uh, the tall grass prairie. Mm -hmm. And it's some of the last of the tall grass prairie in the world is, is right here in, uh, around our lakes. And, and, and we have to work to try to manage that, you know, to keep it sustainable. Uh, of course, a lot of it's in private land, and, and they do well there in managing that uh, for cattle. And this this part of the uh, this part of the country is it, it has such a history, especially as you go back to like frontier days, and and um, it, with, I mean, you know, you have places like um, like Coffeeville, Kansas, down the road, and there's there's such a sort of a I don't want to say Wild West, but Bonnie and Clyde came through this region as well, I believe. And there, there really is sort of a, a, a history down in this part of the country. Well, there is. I mean, the Coffeeville area there, I mean, the Dalton mm -hmm. um, and, and some of the other names that are known uh, within history. Also, the, the part of that other part of that is, is that going through Council Grove is Santa Fe Trail. Right, uh, going to Santa Fe uh, back in the day. I mean, there's still ruts that are that are present in some areas. I think they got a mark along Highway 56. Highway 56 is pretty much the Santa Fe Trail route uh, in Council Grove. Just a little bit of historical purposes there. There actually is a last chance store that you could stop and get food or get supplies when you're going either way. Uh, there's Post uh, Oak or Post Office Oak there, and and that's ironically is where people, if they want to mail to go back east. The West travelers would get it out of the <laughs> of the post oak there. That's why it called uh, post office oak. Uh, and there's all kinds of things happening there during that time. 
on the the Santa Fe Trail traveled. Yeah, that you were talking about cross timbers and that that region of the 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 country is you know I think Washington Irving wrote about it and talked about it being like a a forest of iron that they were trying to hack through with all the blackjack and some of the other yeah tree types. <laughs> A lot of oak. And a lot of oak. oak. Tough traveling through there. <laughs> so tell us about some of the initiatives that you all have going on. I know we were we were sort of discussing that you're going to bring back, you're going to bring in some goats. We we are. Uh, we've used goats uh, here, and what we're bringing the goats in is for invasive species uh, management. Uh, with the working with the management of the Cerisia lespedeza, that's within our native grasslands. And uh, we'll be doing that. Uh, that'll be by contract. That'll be going out for award, and uh, probably need to have them uh, working, uh, <laughs> the goats working by by sometime in uh, August because we want to get it before it goes to seed. And uh, so we, we're working on that. That'll be fun. Uh, and we've actually done that in the Portland district too when I was out there. So that was fun. And then um, and also uh, it's it's a, no chemicals uh, to to control the invasive species. Also, we'll be doing some river stream bank erosion control upstream at John Redmond Fall River in Toronto. So we're anxious about that to help uh, uh, slow down some of the uh, siltation that's coming into the reservoirs. And we'll be doing that with vegetation control as well as um, there'll be some stone management involved in that river bank stabilization. Now, will they be using rip, is riprap, I imagine? Yes, one of the there will be, be, be some riprap at certain layers or certain elevations in the river channel, and then we'll be using a vegetation planting of various trees and plants as well. Right. And people, people don't realize a lot of time that riprap is, I mean, it has to meet certain specifications for, I guess, weight and size. It does. To meet riprap standards. It does. Right? And our engineers do the testing on that, make sure that the, the contractor is using the correct testing and the approved quarries um, for that rock. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more interesting. I mean, you just think that they just dump a, bump, a bunch of uh, big, big rocks on, over there, but, but, but it, there really is a... A process they look at everything right <laughs> and, and that and a lot of that's a freeze thaw yeah um, um is is that where what layer that rock came from out of the quarry and is it going to break up because mm -hmm. you don't want it to break up right and then it just goes downstream yeah it just it crumbles and that's why, why you got to make sure you got the right rock right and and uh you all have some other you all in in september you've got some things coming up we do. Um, September this year uh, is probably the first time in two years, actually, that we'll be able to be live and present back at the Kansas State Fair to promote boating and water safety. That's a big deal to us because uh, when you come out to lakes, you're around the water, and we want to help prevent drownings uh, and give people information uh, what, what they need to do to be safe around there and give them some ideas and then some reminders they can take with them with some of our promotional items. Um, and also, it looks like uh, unless something changes, the uh, air show at McConnell, McConnell Air Show, that we'll we plan to be present there as well. Um, one other thing that does happen at John Redmond Reservoir is the OK Kids event. Uh, at times, we'll have a thousand people out here, oh, uh, wow. kids and stuff, and it's usually starts on a Friday evening and runs till Sunday at noon. And it's uh, outdoor uh, Kansas is what it is. OK Kids outdoor Kansas. And uh, it's a fun deal. We get the camp and, and you get the canoe and you get to do all kinds of shooting activities and, and a lot of outdoor recreation stuff. And, and at times we've had a thousand people out here for oh, that wow. event. So it's put on with the support of the, the local communities, but it's called OK Kids. I was worried when you said OK Kids, you were going to tell me you imported a bunch of kids from Oklahoma to... 
No, no, no. Uh, okay, right. You have to determine on what okay means. And this is outdoor Kansas. Outdoor Kansas. Yes. Outstanding. And uh, you're going to do that that low water dam presentation when you're having when you're at the well. We, you have the 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 demo. The demo we we plan on having the demo with the low water dam uh, mm -hmm. for folks that are familiar with low water dam. Low head dams are usually in a town. Uh, they are a, a, an attractant because it's fun, you know, people enjoy watching water run over, but they're very dangerous. They're deadly dangerous. Is that when you are in the water below a low water dam, you do not want to be in the water there because it will suck you right up against the dam and just keep running you over, pushing you out, pulling you back. And a lot of people drown at low water dams. So if you're going to fish around a low water dam, stay on the bank and also do not get a boat in there as well. And wear your life jacket. And right? you got to wear your life jacket. Um, that's one thing that we promote out at the Kansas State Fair in Hutchison is that basically you need to know, you need to look at the label on the life jacket before you put on, know what your chest size is, what your weight is, and that's U.S. Coast Guard approved. Um, the majority of the drownings uh, that we work with at our reservoirs and lakes, we want you to come back. We don't want uh, to have something happen to you, but a lot, most of the stuff or accidents and drownings are people that didn't have their life jacket on oh, because wow. accidents happen very quickly. You'll go out in the boat and say, well, it's a great day. And then all of a sudden somebody's fell overboard. There's been a capsize or an accident. And had we had our life jacket on, it would have gave us a greater chance to, to survive that uh, being in the water. Yeah. I think the number's like 90 percent it's hot plus it's yeah. more than 90 percent of people that drown like that's that's the one thing that you can that you can do short of not going anywhere near water ever so um you also have since about 2013 you all have been pretty well engaged on trying to do some renewable energy work right yes we have um and and we might want to don't let me forget about pollinator stuff as right well. yeah but the uh we we've put up two uh wind generators and uh, wind turbines, if you will, one at Council Grove and one at John Redmond, they've been very functional. Everything that they're producing, we're using. Mm. And, and that's kind of keeping it off of, uh, you know, the, the commercial grid, if you will. And we continue to, to look at options there. We actually have some geothermal units for heating and cooling that we've got at uh, three of our reservoirs, Council Grove, uh, John Redmond, and El Dorado. So we're always looking at ways to conserve energy and, and use it, uh, you know, renewable um, there on that end. Now you were saying you mentioned the pollinators. Let's talk about like I guess they start here on yeah, their way to they Mexico. do. The, uh, just an example about the pollinators. We do have it in our budgets, and we do plant pollinator plants to attract the uh, various pollinators, if you will. Uh, we do actually have a, a the 4-H group uh, here in uh, Burlington. Uh, actually, have uh, beehives here at the property. And, uh, you know, that helps with uh, pollination, helps them do their projects as well. Mm -hmm. But probably one big one is that we see coming through here is the monarch butterfly. Um, two years ago, I was doing some work outside of the office, which was re refreshing, and uh, was walked down into an area and there was literally hundreds of monarch butterflies that were there and resting. Oh, wow. And uh, it's pretty exciting for me to see that, that, that we have that property managed and they're stopping here. There's a lot of monarchs that stop and rest at Elk City Lake as well. And so we do encourage you, usually that's during the September timeframe as they're working their way and, and migrating back to Mexico. So we, we are in tune with the the uh, pollinator trying to get plants out there. So uh, milkweed is, I guess. That would be the, one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and then for butterflies and stuff. Yes. Right. Well, um, You mentioned, uh, we had talked about earlier, uh, that you all have 
bald eagles that come through here a lot, right? We do. And John Redmond, and we've got them at Marion, Council Grove. Almost all of our lakes are going to see bald eagles. Um, due to having open water at the cooling uh, lake over at, uh, at Wolf Creek, that's nearby, <laughs> the nuclear power plant, uh, that, that's a pretty good attraction because that water's open year-round there even in the winter. However, at Redmond, the last couple, three years uh, or more, we've had probably 50 to 70 bald eagles uh, that hang out here. Uh, because of the food source, uh, whether it be fish or waterfowl is in ducks. And uh, so, yeah, and there's a lot of nests. There, uh, at one time, that was pretty rare to have a bald eagle nest in the state of Kansas, but now there's multiple ones. Wow. And is there a particular season you tend to see them more? Uh, usually during the winter. Okay. Uh, as they're migrating down south, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get going southward. But yeah, in the winter times when we see them, you get a lot of times when it's really iced up or really cold, um, we'll see them here. Okay. In the winter. Yep. What uh, we had talked mm -hmm. to about uh, those water supply contracts. Can you talk about how important our reservoirs in Kansas are for water supply in the state of Kansas? Yeah, that, that's a good one there. Uh, the Kansas Water Office uh, has water supply contracts on the majority of the federal reservoirs in the state of Kansas. And just as an example here at John Redmond, um, their contract has about 51,000 uh, acre feet uh, that's in the contract here. And there's 20 plus towns down below John Redmond that are actually getting water, drinking water supply from the Neosho River as water is released out here. At Conservation Pool, our normal pool elevation and below, that is in, under contract with the Kansas Water Office. So they're, they're guiding us when they need water uh, released. They let our hydrology know out of Tulsa, and then we'll make those releases there. So they've got a water supply contract on the majority of the lakes in Kansas. The only exception would be at El Dorado. Right. Um, the city of El Dorado has that water supply contract with the Corps of Engineers for the city of El Dorado. And, and those stakeholders, the Kansas Water Office, City of El Dorado, all of our cities are, are, are very critical um, for keeping things moving uh, safely. Right. So at, at all lakes in Kansas, do they have a water supply contract? At, at the there, majority of At the majority of, okay. The, and, I know, and the majority of water supply contracts in the entire Corps of Engineers, the Tulsa District has like 60, I think, percent of them. Right? There, there, there are, because somebody, yeah. you know, back in the day, they, they, you know, ahead of the game, if you will, yeah. got those because a lot of states don't have those um, from those federal reservoirs, but the majority of the federal reservoirs in Kansas have a water supply contract, um, either with a city, well, m mostly with the Kansas Water right. Office, with the exception of El Dorado. Somebody um, realized that civilizations grow up around water, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and a lot of the towns do not have redundancy. Right. I mean, if they're not pulling it out of the Grand Neosho, they don't have wells right. um, there at their, at their town. Yeah. So I, I would like to talk a little bit about um, partnerships, stakeholders, as yeah. such, just briefly. Uh, that, that's a big thing or a bit item of interest to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in the state of Kansas and other states is having a, a, a close working relationship with the, like the Kansas Water Office, Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. Uh, also, the Kansas City District is located in our state as well. So we got two core districts there, and we work with them closely as well as Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks, Kansas Department of Health and Environment, and, and also the uh, congressional um, yeah. staff at the federal level. I mean, we stay in contact with the staffers and uh, work that so everybody knows what's going on or not going, you know, that we have to right. identify. So it's very critical. Yeah, and that Kansas City thing, I mean, Milford Lake is what, like a stone's throw from here, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Melvern, Melvern's Mil the closest. Okay. And uh, then we got uh, Tuttle Creek and, and Milford, and then we got Pomona and Perry. Those are all very close They're to They're all pretty our close to us, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, is there anything else I need to ask you about? What have I not asked you that I needed to ask you? I, I think that's covered most of it. Uh, yeah. I, I do encourage people to come out and enjoy the lakes and uh, to do it safely and, and wear your life jacket. But we do have websites uh, that you could look and track things or have information or, or just call the office if, if they have a question like that. We do have major maintenance that we look at for backlog maintenance. And I just want everybody to know like during high water times that, that there's certain elevations that all the lakes get to that either puts us into a weekly inspection of the dam embankment and the structure and the gates or another elevation as it keeps going up, puts in a daily inspections and also another elevation puts us in 24 hour flood right. watch. So we have people around the clock uh, checking the dam embankment, checking our, our relief wells, our tow drains, our uh, French drains, and making sure that everything's functioning right, as well as reading piezometers, which mm -hmm. is uplift pressure, and checking our, our lake levels and, and that kind of thing. But it's 24 hours a day. Awesome. Well, you, uh, Eugene, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I did have one quick question I forgot to ask you there at the end, but um, did, do we know if the water supply contracts that we've done so far, at least just for, for, for John Redmond, have they already paid back the cost of the dam? I know that like water supply contracts are one of the things they've used over the years. Yeah, you know? I, well, the, if you don't know, it's fine. I, I don't know okay. for sure. I know that that was like the original setup for the right. way water supply went up. Anyway. Probably some of them may be close, but I, yeah. I don't know yeah. for sure. Thank you for joining us for Corestruction. Corestruction is a production of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. Today's episode of Corestruction was brought to you by the Kansas Area Office of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Thanks for joining us. Wear your life jacket and have a safe day.